Enter if you dare this ghastly conversation of teens fraught with despair and recent lacerations. Final girl, chase after her, don't let her get away. But first, the slumber podcast massacre. Welcome to Slumber Podcast Massacre with TNA. That's Tim. That's Andy. And this is a podcast about horror. Every week, Tim and I get together. We talk about a different movie from the horror genre, from your well-known classics down to that rare gem that's got to leave for two weeks to close that big deal at the back <laughs> of your video store shelf. I, I meant to change that. I had a better one. I forgot to change it. Uh, this week, as we continue our... Uh, hopeful miniseries on our dream guest elijah wood it's our continuing miniseries elijah wood you please come on our podcast this week we're talking about the 1993 bad kid movie the good son tim who was the dangerous kid in your neighborhood when you were growing up oh well i don't know if i mean i kind of think it was you but yeah, you can I mean, tell was, me it was someone else. It was partly me, but there was there was a kid that his name is Jason Bettis, and Jason wasn't so much dangerous as he was like everybody's. Every family has their their rough spots, but he reminded me most of like when you watch a movie about troubled kids, like actually being one of those. Yeah, but he was really just sort of daring. Like he was a really great skateboarder, and that's that's how I knew him. And um, he was so good at at skateboarding, so much better than all of us. And I remember one time the local paper came by when we were all skating out front. And um, he was clearly the most talented of all of us. And he just refused to talk to the to the reporter. And so all of us like kind of posers were like, you know, rambling on and on and on, myself included. Um, I remember the final uh, line of the article was mine where I said that it was a natural high. Skateboarding is a natural high. Me talking about highs. I had no idea you've ever been on a skateboard. Yeah, yeah. I was a I was a huge skater in uh, in the late eighties. Yeah, wow. I was huge into like um, what was called the Bones Brigade, which was like Tony Hawk, yeah. Lance Mountain, Steve Caballero, um, all those guys. And yeah, no, I was I was huge. Wow. That was my life when in like middle school. So um, big skater. But I re- I remember looking over at him and he like as soon as the reporter came up, he walked away and I was like, why would somebody who's so good at this like not want to talk about it? It just puzzled me. Yeah. And then I remember like going over to like his family didn't he was at a single mom and they didn't have any money and they lived in the apartments behind Wendy's. And uh, he actually his mommy got in trouble at school. So his mom took away his skateboard he found it and then tied it to a string and actually put it out his like second story window. So he would like pull his skateboard up on a rope, you know, and had it hidden underneath oh. some leaves. But he was such a cool kid. Like I remember one well, that's day probably why he didn't want to be in the article then. But yeah, maybe that was wasn't it. allowed to be doing it or something. <laughs> maybe that was it. Yeah. But the most beautiful day he knew to not self incriminate himself at a young age. <laughs> yeah. He was he was a tough kid. He was you didn't mess with him um, like he wasn't an asshole, but he was certainly a, a guy that you didn't mess with. Yeah. And then there was this one beautiful day where I walked outside uh, to skate and he that we had the ramp on the, the sidewalk was what's called a launch ramp. And um, he was the only one out there. 
There was literally no one else around. And he was skating and launching himself off that ramp. And he had a like three quarter length skirt on for no reason other nice. than he was just like, I'm just going to put on a skirt and skate today. Yeah. And okay. talk, talk yeah, about now. I remember you telling me about this guy. Talk about a fucking like badass ahead of his time. Like such a cool dude. Like, yeah. um, yeah. And he was, I'll say it out loud on the podcast. I own a skirt that I like wearing, but it feels weird to wear it in public. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to, I don't care if people look at me and judge me. I don't want to talk about it. You right. know, I don't want it to be a thing or like, oh, he's doing a he's doing a thing. So it's like I'll wear it around the house sometimes. Sure. Well, here's the but thing. It's very comfortable. If for, so, that, for no other reason. If you have to talk about the skirt, you're immediately destroying everything that makes it so great, which is it's like light simplicity right. and comfort. You yeah. know, I don't want to have to talk about it because you're going to ruin it. Yeah. Now, walking upstairs is a. It takes some getting used to. Yeah, an adjustment. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, but I, yeah. I recommend because I I wore it to Bonnaroo it was the first time I was in Bonnaroo. Um, I was going to a like they were having this special dance party. It was like an all white dance party. So I got this white skirt. I got like new glass, like cheap, like off of like the internet. Like, oh, the white col- frame the glasses. Color white. Yes, okay. the color white. Yes, right. yeah. No, yeah. I was going to see a Nationalist Forever, my favorite band. <laughs> No, at Bonnaroo. <laughs> right. Yeah, that would do well. They have a, yeah, they have just Thursday night for two hours. It's all white nationalism. It's really weird, but you know the rest is high fives. <laughs> but no, yeah, an all white, you know, white tank top, white bandana, everything. And even just going in, one, I passed another dude who was also wearing a white skirt, and he's like, "Now I gotta go change." It was hilarious. Uh, but just going in, like the security was like, "Why are you wearing that?" I'm like, just why? I'm at fucking Bonnaroo. Why? Right. Right. Why do you care. And I was like, dude, I'm like, you don't even know. You don't even know how comfortable this is. Right. That's why I'm wearing it because well, it's super comfortable. Well, yeah. And I, you know me, I, I wear, <coughs> I wear kilts a couple of times a year and I, I love it for all kinds of reasons, but one of it is the comfort. I mean, yeah, you get with kilts. It's a little bit more of a cheat than what you're talking about because people are going to immediately like pass more judgment Kilts you is the opposite end of the spectrum where people lose all sense of of like manners and politeness and they just go crazy and just fanboy or girl, especially if they're like a female over, say, like their mid 50s, literally lose all motor skills and control of their body and mind and have to like touch you and be by you and take pictures with you. It's it's. It's fascinating and it's really great. Yeah. It makes you feel good. But but aside from all that, it just it, it, the comfort of it. It's like I don't ever want to wear anything else. Right. But we do. Um, but yeah, no, it's I guess it's a funny choice. Man, how for, do we get we gotta digress <laughs> for a minute? <laughs> did you start this with asking about the most dangerous person? <laughs> I did. And then we we quickly sashayed into skirt wearing. Uh that's natural. But uh oh, man. well, you know, that's that's where we're at. I mean, show. yeah, <laughs> only here are you going to get this type of skirt talk on your horror podcast, right? Yeah, you might get other skirt talk yeah. on other, po- but you won't get this. Skirt it might talk. not a short skirt. It's like a long. Yeah, it's like a long is it, is cotton it, skirt. Has I have I seen you in? The, do you have one that's like black with a little bit of white at the end? No. 
Do you have a black one? Like a dark no, blue one? No, I just one? have the white one. Just the white one? Yeah. Okay. Maybe I just have imagined you in a dark one. Oh, thank you. How did I look? It, you maybe, looked great. It was kind of what they call, am I, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, is that called T-length, where it's just <sighs> slightly below the knees? You got me, below, man. Like mid-calf? I don't know anything about fashion. Well, I hope you buy more. Is what I have even technically a skirt? I don't know. Is it just like a light cotton material? Yeah. yeah. Oh, boy, that'd be nice. Yeah, it's real nice. Yeah. Super breezy. <laughs> Show me this transition. <laughs> you know what also is good? <laughs> no, I got nothing. Sun. I got nothing. Yeah, it's a. I don't have a sun dress, but... <laughs> I do have a movie called The Good Son. Yes. They're not all perfect. No. Uh, so, yeah. Okay. So, we're talking about The Good Son from 1993. I, I, I was... Let me say this real quick with you, with my question to you. Yeah. Because you kind of told me about, you know, the bad guy who seemed like a with a heart of gold. Like yeah. He was just kind of like a... Was there anyone you were afraid of? You don't have to go into a long story, but sure, just sure. like... Um, like, was there a kid where you're just like, I'm not going to fuck with that guy ever uh because he's like i don't think because there was yeah i had a kid on my bus where it was like kind of same thing uh very poor a lot of stories about his abusive dad he was also gigantic like a so you're he was already imposing and you're just like i'm never going if i never interact with that guy awesome like well, I, ne- I never want to be in the same scenario where that guy is in you know, I, I I don't think I don't remember it ever having somebody to like to that level. Um, I think the only person if, if we're talking about like danger being sort of equivalent to like unpredictability. Yeah. Maybe like a Chris deal. OK. Um, OK. You, can, can I tell that story real quick? Just real quick. Very sure. fast. OK. So don't slander anyone, though. No, no. <laughs> Yeah, somebody I used. There a, are a lot of Chris yeah. deals out there. Who knows which right, specific yeah. one you're going to be talking maybe about? Maybe spells right here. with a K. Maybe spells yeah. with a yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, he is deciding to drive to the beach by himself because he has indulged in some activities that he uh, felt like he just wanted to walk around on the beach by himself. Yeah. So he's on his way there. He cuts somebody off because his his motor skills are a little uh, iffy, and uh, this car that he cuts off you know, is kind of riding his, his ass and, and like, you know, honking and stuff like that. So he just pulls over and is not really sure what to do. Um, so the, the guy that he had cut off is kind of like a typical yuppie and he's all pissed off that Chris cut him off. And when Chris got out of the car to confront the guy, just instinctually, he reached back behind the driver's seat to pick up the axe handle that he carried with him. <laughs> okay, this is more what I was looking for. Right, <laughs> and so he's holding the axe handle kind of like behind his back, and this guy just walks up to him, just kind of frustrated, yuppie, like, you motherfucker, yeah. you know, you cut me off, blah, blah, blah. And then Chris is just sort of like stoned and nervous and doesn't really know what to do, so he just just clubbed the guy over the head. Oh, he the, hit him with Yeah, him? clubbed him in the head with the axe handle and got in his car and then drove away. But he Damn. was like stoned and nervous. Like he was, right. yeah, he didn't know what to do. This might not be anyone named Chris Deal. This could be yeah, anyone. Yeah, it could be anyone. Could, could be, be anyone. Could be anyone that would club somebody with an axe yeah. handle that they keep in their car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think I heard a story like t- uh, Mark Stevens did that too. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah like a uh, John. <laughs> okay, now I'm afraid. <laughs> Okay, so it's The Good Son from 1993. This is written by uh, Ian McEwen, a fun name to say, mm-hmm. directed by Joe Rubin. This stars Elijah Wood and Macaulay Culkin. 
cost 17 million to make pulled in 60 million which i was very surprised with very surprised wow yeah uh here's nan some then we'll get to some spoilers mark evans's mother has just died grief stricken he must go stay with his aunt and uncle in maine while his father secures their future with a business deal mark is welcomed with open arms and hearts and has found a new friend and cousin henry that is until henry starts acting really weird he accidentally shoots a dog he carries a, he causes a six car pile up on the highway and hey what's that about a dead brother <laughs> can mark reveal the sinister character lurking under the good sun veneer before there are more accidents and possibly his own demise the good son shot with a bolt yeah with a <laughs> bolt yikes in a homemade crossbow yeah wow um what a what a movie ha- i had not seen this me neither nor, nor had you no and we have not talked we have no idea what each other's opinion this is like probably the first time ever we yeah. have not uh, we didn't watch it together we've not s- said anything about this to each other so i'm excited to talk about it yeah there there <laughs> are kind of bonkers there are several things that i like about this movie and several things that i it's not that I don't necessarily like them. I just think that it, it makes me wonder about the validity of making this movie in the first place. <laughs> sure. Um, and, and if it should have been much better off served as a, uh, like an hour long television episode. But aside from that, um, the one thing, and let's just, let's just rip the bandaid off. How good is Macaulay Culkin? So good. I mean, as a, I, I sat all day today and tried to figure out mathematically, like an equation, what are the two parts of the equation that equal what made him Macaulay Culkin? Like, what was that screen presence that he had as a kid? What were those ingredients? And I think I, I know what it is. I think the first one is a, a sort of... Uh, non-age appropriate calmness that uh-huh. he has yes which apparently also had like that's just the type of person he is the other thing is is kind of like hard to articulate but it just seems to be an a really unnatural and evolved understanding of whatever the fuck he was saying mm-hmm. like he kind of has this like uh i was thinking about it this is so great because i'm totally with you because yeah watching this i was like you couldn't get two better child actors for this movie and this was one of elijah wood's first like he had done a handful of movies just supporting shit like he was in like that radio flyer movie you know nothing to where he's carrying anything yeah i mean he's he's carrying this movie essentially he's the main character uh and you have macaulay culkin who's super hot at the time like imagine that like elijah wood's showing up on set like I can't believe I get to meet Macaulay Culkin, you know, like Home Alone star. <laughs> so he was probably just like, I, I would imagine a little celebrity starstruck, you know, but they obviously are. He's obviously a professional uh, and he, he put in a good performance. But yeah, Macaulay Culkin has this. Um, I, I think what it it is that set him apart. Yeah, he has a very unique look and it he almost has this. Um, it's not specifically Walken, but his delivery is very Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. You know, I couldn't do an impression of it, but it's just his delivery and the way he, uh, you know, there's just a uniqueness in the way he delivers a line from Uncle Buck, you know, because I, you know, it's crazy because I saw nearly every movie this dude was in except this movie. 
You know what it is? I think it's a sort of like, uh, and and I I want to pick the right word, but it's a sort of like unaffectedness. Like when he, it's kind of similar to some of De Niro's performances, where even in some of De Niro's greatest performances, some of that greatness comes from, ironically an impression that he would rather be anywhere else, but there saying those lines, <laughs> yeah. like he's so, but that's, but it almost, but it strengthens the performance. Yeah. You're just saying in this movie specifically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, like, yeah. but, but even in home alone, like I think what it was, was that we didn't feel that sort of creepy earnestness that you feel from child actors mm-hmm. where they're just turning it on. Like there's no on switch for Macaulay Culkin. Right. He's just at that level all the time. Yeah. And that's what made Home Alone work is he's like a little adult. Yeah. Yes. That's what we're talking about. It's it's really like a there's this uh, an impression of a maturity far beyond his years. Yeah. And I don't know. Even against Elijah Wood in this, who has these huge doughy eyes, like yeah. he looks like a little boy. Yes. And then while Macaulay Culkin's the same height. You're just like if he feels like a teenager in this movie because normally an a unaffectedness in delivery by a a child actor is going to come across as precocious. Yeah, it's going to come across as like I'm a brat, but Macaulay Culkin never comes across as a brat. He just comes across as like uh, he's just not worked up about much. Right. He's just in the moment, and he's and he seems to be. I, I don't know if there's ever been another childhood actor that quite had that flavor ever. No, ever. And I don't even know if there is an adult actor that matches his particular childhood flavor as an actor. Like, is there is there a an, an adult actor that you can think of that sort of has that same sort of disaffected style? Uh, I mean, not off the top of my head. Yeah. It's no, just, I mean, he was very unique. And it's yeah. I mean, kudos to him to where he was like. I don't really need to make movies anymore. Right. Well, uh, and because and he probably didn't have a good time making them. Yeah. Because he had a dad. Yeah, kind of a shitty dad. Yeah. Yeah. Kid Culkin, who I didn't know is brothers to uh Bruce Willis's wife in Die Hard. Really? Yeah, that's McCulley Culkin's aunt. Oh wow. Uh Delaney Delanio or whatever. I I can't think, remember her name. Uh, yeah. Uh yeah. So they're brother and sister. But yeah, he he was um you know, cuz if you look at movies in the 90s, there are a lot of Culkin cameos. A lot of the kids like he had like four kids, I want to say. Yeah. Uh there's at least 3. There's at least 3. Because this girl, Kiernan, Kiernan, Macaulay. There's there's another little, little one. Okay. Yeah. Who Um, plays Henry in this? Or not Henry, but the... uh, Well, that's the one I was talking about. Who plays the... Oh! Okay. And then there's also Kiernan, who isn't in this. I don't think. Right. No, he's not. Yeah. Which he is in... um, uh, uh, What's that? Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. And his character's name is Wallace... And my daughter said that out loud right as someone in this movie said the name Wallace. And she freaked out because <laughs> she's like his favorite part or her favorite part of that movie. Um, so, yeah. But yeah. This it, like he was pretty controlling. Um, you know, he was a just one of those bad Hollywood dads. Stage dad. Yeah. Stage dads. Yeah. Who uses kids. You know, he was probably I'm, I'm sure he was an actor or whatever, at least tried especially if his sister's in movies, used his kids, 
used their clout to get a lot. And that's how they got this movie. Cause he was like, look, I don't want my kid to get pigeonholed into, you know, whatever he's doing now in all these home alone movies, he will do home alone too, but I want him to play. I want him to do something bad. Like he wants to play this bad guy, which by the way, the part had already been cast yeah. with another actor. And because of what you're describing, his sort of like wedging Macaulay into this, it it set off just like a series. It's like a domino effect. Number one, that kid gets the boot who was normally cast. Number two, the production gets delayed. And so other actors that were attached to it, um, Meredith Steenburgen and all that stuff, they're now kicked out mm-hmm. or they couldn't do it. It did free up. Elijah Wood. So that's in the grand scheme of things. Let's okay. I, I I'll go with what you're saying because it's, it's undeniable that the guy was a prick. However, like you said, even before that, can you pick two other better kids for this movie? Right. I mean, it's, and, and it's like, and as you were saying, and I totally agree with you, like him interjecting himself into this movie and interjecting Macaulay while on screen, I feel it works. Yeah, they probably start a lot of dominoes because there are a lot of issues with this movie. They did a lot of rewrites on it. Uh, I don't think it came out necessarily how they wanted it to. I don't know if it was the right time to do. While I think he's great in this movie, is it the right time to do that? And I don't think that's what uh, it didn't resonate with audiences. Critics fucking hated this movie yeah hate like i watched this did you watch the cisco and ebert review no uh e- like ebert did the main review where he was just like i don't understand who this movie is made for what was anyone thinking when they thought this was a good idea um which is which is weird because because it, it's weird it didn't work out because it's kind of already been done with the bad seed sure which was a movie to me it's crazy how I never saw this movie because that was a movie that my cousins used to watch and my mom forbid us to watch it. We could not watch it. I saw a couple snippets. Have you ever seen it? No. Okay. It's great. It's black. I mean, it's like from the 60s. Yeah. About a murdering child. Yeah. Uh, I know. But she never murders, but it's it's more about them like discovering the murders, right? Yeah. There's a play version that we're actually considering doing. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. There is a play version. But, but you're right, though. It's not completely like um, it's not completely brand new or novel or anything. Do you remember even that that one book? It's a popular high school piece. It's called a, a separate piece. Yeah, and it's about a, the whole book is about a guy who has a friend. They're both out on a tree branch. Yeah, and he like in a weird moment of like maybe he kind of sees he's jealous of this friend or the friend's really charismatic or whatever, and he bounces the branch so that his friend falls off of it and dies. Yeah, like. So the idea of like bad young people is not new. Yeah. But I think it's especially these guys. Being, oh, yeah. I got a Siskel says for you. It's not OK for anyone. Mm. <laughs> that was Siskel's review. Uh, among other just kind of general like what the fuck's going on. And there, and he had a lot of issues with the plot, which I also do have in this movie. Yeah. Um, he knows what's best yeah, for all of us. <laughs> he does, um, he does. But let me let me kind of can I throw one thing yeah, out of yeah, you real yeah. quick. The biggest shock in this movie to me is that we are early on introduced to a the father character, the father of Mark, uh-huh. who is the now widower of Mark's mother, who yeah. very early on David is, Morse. Right. So when you see that guy walk on to any given movie screen or television screen. 
especially in a lot of his later work, the first thing that you think is, well, that fucker's evil. <laughs> right. Like, he's going to do some he's nasty shit. He's the guy shit. who turns, yeah. Yeah. And because he plays, he plays like sensitive and evil very well mm-hmm. in equal measure. So when, as soon as I see him as the father, like, I don't even think the scene is trying to make him menacing, but he's just walking and he looks like he's going to do something horrible. Right. Yeah. Um, but like you, you already are like, he's a bad dad. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. And then, uh, which might be really one of the more structural issues with this movie. He then fucking completely disappears for the rest of the movie. Right. It's the great one more deal. I got to close one deal and I'm set for life. What job is that? Yeah, right. What fucking job is that? That's such a bad trope. Yeah. Unless I you hate know... to bring up, I think you should leave. But that is even a joke in like the Bob Odenkirk sketch. He's talking about all these classic cars he has. And then he just like is he's lying about all of them. And he just looks like he's like, oh, oh that big deal just went through. Yeah. Now I can get triples of the Nova. Yeah. Big, <laughs> big deal went through. Like it's such a dumb absolutely nothing yeah there is yeah if you work at all in business and it's, it's gonna take two on, weeks it's ongoing forever there is no one big deal <laughs> right. that seals it unless you're like he has to go to tokyo for two weeks to close this deal no other way to do it no way you can do it in less time it's a two-week life-setting deal yes yeah, that's uh, it. Uh, is it just going to play the Tokyo lottery? <laughs> right? Like, is that what the job is? Um, but yeah, otherwise it doesn't make sense. But he disappears. Now, I'm going to ask you a question because I should have gone back and, and saw this because I, I didn't understand. I spent the first 15 minutes trying to figure out if he was his biological dad or not, because the photograph that Elijah Wood's character looks at next to his mother's uh, deathbed, essentially. Yeah. Who is in that picture? It's a his mom in a wedding dress, but it looks like Elijah Wood with his mom, doesn't it? Uh, or is it a picture of his mom and dad together? Oh, that's a good question. Because I, I was like, I was like, if it's Elijah Wood and he was there for the wedding, then that's not his biological dad. Mm, I don't know. I mean, well, I was, I was probably like, could be they got kind of settling in and not really paying too much attention. Oh, okay. to but yeah, opening. that it bugged me. But either but way, no, I do remember him looking at a photograph, but I did not really pay attention to what was on it. Either way, uh, dad has gone to Tokyo. Yeah. I don't think there's anything other than if that's a thing. There's really nothing else in this movie that makes you think they're not related. Yeah. And they start the movie in a really, I mean, I guess people live there. So I guess a movie could start anywhere where people might live. But they pick a like extremely picturesque part of what I'm guessing is either the Southwest or at very least, like the Plain States, like yeah. some mountainous. Uh, yeah, it just looked like uh, Arizona, the middle Utah of the desert of Arizona. Yeah. Like there was accidentally a house, yeah, in the middle of nowhere. So I picturesque, don't know. yeah, right. But I could, great place to like have a wake and contemplate on life and death. You're right, right. Especially if you're a small child. And if you had to pick a second great place to contemplate on death, let's move the whole movie over to the East Coast in Maine. Maine. Which uh, is is stunning in in its own right. Um, And, you know, this movie, I'll tell you what's so funny and unsettling on a personal note about this movie. I don't, I hate, I I hate to impose, you know, I just, I just, not to say that I won't spend hours on end at at a friend's house. (laughs) Yeah, once you're there. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, the idea of like 
I need something. I need to stay at your house for two weeks. Like I would just be mortified to even have to start that conversation. Yeah. So like that already. Is well, the unsettled. brother is like, we'll t- go do it. Like he's yeah. not like, hey, will you watch my kid? And they're reluctantly like, yeah. They're like, dude, you said you you could do this deal and you'd be set. We'll yeah. take your kid. Like it's no big deal. That's true. So yeah, I, I didn't feel like there was a lot of imposition. It, no, it's not really. And he's imposing. a child. Like for, he's not like, can I have, uh, hit your couch? But it's just like for me. Like I guess what it was is one time my parents were gone for like four days, and I had to stay at a friend's house. This was maybe in fifth grade. Yeah. And this friend, his dad worked in New Jersey. Like eventually, the family moved to New Jersey, but he moved there like kind of like probably two years before the family could move out there with him. <laughs> And so he would like send gifts back to the boys. He very rarely made it back to Indiana. So I go to this friend's house and he's got one of those badass like, um, oh, perpetual motion ball things. Where yeah. You hit the, the swing, Newton's, the one ball. Newton's cradle. Yeah. And I'm playing with like all these things in his room. I'm going to be staying there for like four or five days. And he got like really worked up and started crying and like got really emotional and freaked out. And his mom, he went running out of the room and his mom came in and she's like, you know, his dad sent him that and like those things are like really uh, special to him and everything. And I'm just like, I'm just, I just look cool. <laughs> right. You know, I'm in fifth grade. Yeah. Uh, how do you not play with one of those? But anyways, so the idea of like what other things that look fun am I not allowed to touch? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but um, <laughs> that could be a whole nother right, conversation. Yeah. 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 But uh but no, I guess what I'm saying is like already like you can feel for this kid. You can feel for Mark. A, his mom died. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. B, um, he's he's now his mom has died. Of cancer. So you get to just like watch her die. Right. And and it doesn't seem like it's a whole hell of a long time before he gets shipped off to Maine. I mean, it yeah. feels like what, days? A week? Yeah, because he's yeah. like at the wake. He's yeah. like. So we're talking within two weeks time. He's he's in, you know, staying at his uncle's house and. um and then uh, Macaulay Culkin makes his entrance in the creepiest fucking way oh possible. God. How other horror movies haven't found this mask before right. the good son did. It's so I have no good. Idea. It's like a paper mache, like blank, like white mask. Yeah, it's like a, a, a just the face part of a Michael Myers mask and it's paper mache. <laughs> right. So, yeah, immediately, you know, this kid is 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 off. Um, yeah. Of course. Macaulay Culkin's sister is playing the younger sister in it. Yes, um, that was, was another one of the demands. Yeah, which it was. It wasn't until like halfway through the movie when uh, he like goes to read uh, uh, Elijah Wood goes to read her a bedtime story, and she's laying there, and I was like, "Whoa!" I'm like, "That looks like a deep fake of Macaulay Culkin on that kid. Is that his? That has to be his sister." I'm yeah. like, "Of course it is. Of course it's his." Sister. Yes. And now I will say something about as the movie gets going, we all. She's also terrible. Yeah. We, yeah. We all. Fuck you, six year old. Everything that we pontificated about for 15 minutes about Macaulay Culkin did not make it down the. His His brother got it. Kieran's good. There's no trickle down genetics there in that family. But, um, but the, the thing that I could understand as a viewer about this movie maybe being unsettling to somebody. You you know where this movie is going. It starts off with a simple leg kick under the dinner table mm-hmm. from Macaulay Culkin to uh, Elijah Wood. And you're like, this little kid is a fucking brat that he would do that. And uh, But they kind of laugh it off and turn it into a joke. But still, you know that the actions, the bad actions are going to get progressively worse. 
you know that progressively fewer people are going to believe Mark and that Henry uh, Macaulay Culkin is going to do everything he can to manipulate the situation to, to make it look as if Mark is the one that's doing all these bad things. So I could understand if somebody was watching this movie and they're just like, there's no fun in this for me. Like it's only going to get worse and (laughs) bad. And uh, the only possible good outcome to this would be if like this kid splatters on like a, some rocks, right? which is, I cheered for, uh, (laughs) literally I'm not, I'm not jumping right to the end, but literally when Macaulay Culkin blasts on those rocks, I literally said, fuck that kid. Oh, I just laughed at the whole, cause I don't want to talk about the end yet. Yeah. We'll get there. It's so absurd and insane. So speaking of absurd, what 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 uh, issues did you have with this movie? You mentioned it a little bit. Well, a lot of it was just like um, the family dynamic, and uh, because so we 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 come to learn that the family that Elijah is—I don't want to have to remember their character names. I'm going to yeah. call him Elijah Macaulay. Uh, that the home Elijah is going into has also had their own trauma. Like we learned that they had a youngest son who drowned in a bathtub. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, which is uh good. I like that part of it. Uh, that had a lot of intrigue. Um, of course you're, you know, eventually finding out, Oh, did, uh, this kid kill his baby brother? Um, that being said, and it's obviously the mom is very grief stricken. Yeah. Uh, they allow their children to <laughs> operate at a freedom in the most haphazard and dangerous situations I've ever seen in my life. Um, if you, I can say this as a parent. And of course, this is how I would react. Uh, I had two children very far apart. If I had three pretty close together and the youngest one died in a bathtub because I walked out of the room, I would never let those other two kids out of my sight yes. for a long time. Uh, hopefully, I would get the help I needed and would be able to let go. Uh, however, I would not allow them uh, to uh, go in a tree house that is 35 feet above the ground oh, just- with the smallest hand space like these fucking rungs are like pressed into the tree. Yeah. Uh, not only then to get onto the ramshackle few boards that seem to be laid up top around this tree, you have to then step on a dead tree branch essentially to get it, which then breaks. How the fuck did they ever get back up in that tree house? Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, immediately you're treated to this Yeah, where, you know, Elijah and Elijah would almost falls to his death and you have to rely on Macaulay Culkin hoisting him as he's toying already toying with him with the trailer line. If I let you go, do you think you could fly? Um, it's a great line. It's a great line. Yeah. Cause Macaulay Culkin rolls in this yeah. movie. It's, it's such bad timing and it's so unfortunate cause it could have been, I think great. Yeah. I mean, he's great in it. Um, but yeah, there's that. Uh, Macaulay Culkin kind of has a shed. He's that the parents obviously never have gone into. That's full of uh, weapons, jars of metal and screws. Yeah. There is a doll hanging by a noose. He has managed to build his own fucking crossbow without his parents knowing about it. 
Like, I can't think of like I couldn't fart without my fucking parents knowing about it. And the, and that's and the what, worst analogy. And what you but what you're just saying though is that those things apply just in a normal situation, let alone having had a child die exactly. in a bathtub. Yeah, I would already, if it was just a normal family, I'd be like, these parents are pretty negligent. Yeah. But for to have already lost a child, no way. Would they we, just be like, see ya, see ya in six hours? We wouldn't have been in this movie, the way that it paints the parents in this family dynamic would not be the least bit surprised if in that shed was one of the 20 Tesla flamethrowers that were sold. <laughs> right. Like, that would be like, well, that's just his flamethrower. Right. And, you know, he has fun with it. But, yeah, you're right. It's it's really reckless that way. Um, and and it's it's uh, the 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 dad is really absent. The, I do like the yeah, mom I don't know character. The, yeah, the mom is the only character they spent time on. Really? The dad yeah. is just there to be like, stop fighting. Right. <laughs> right. I'm busy. Yeah. But I'm going to smile about it because, you know, kids are kids. Right. Um, boys will be boys. But um, the, I do like the mom character. Um, she does play a, a sense of loss and caring uh, in a nice, balanced way. Um, she doesn't seem like overwrought with grief, but we know that it's on her mind. Um, so I, I like that part of it. And also, this is the other thing. Now, this is has got to be uh, one of my first boxes to check on any child movie is am i going to spend the next hour and a half hating this kid because they're just off the charts annoying because if you're not little little and you're not a cool teen but you're right in the middle chances are 97 percent chance you're too (laughs) annoying to even handle as on screen but elijah wood who is playing and, and he's got this the deck stacked against him. He's having to play scenes of frustration. He's having to play um, you know, scenes of of hurt and um grieving, but you never get a whininess out of him. No. That's what makes it tolerable. He's very sincere. Yeah. Um, you know, he's also kind of adult. He's handling things well. Yeah. Especially in a scenario where he's like, oh, I've uncovered a secret and, you know, it is kind of tropey how every turn is like can make him look like the bad guy, you know, but I do kind of like that, too. But isn't it strange, though, as we're talking about family dynamic, maybe you picked up on this, maybe you didn't. But even though we get so little time with his dad in the movie, doesn't it seem like for him to be so close to his mother? That his relationship with his dad is kind of strangely absent. I mean, I know that happens in families sometimes. Yeah. Close with one parent, not close with the other. But that that was a little weird. Like Macaulay Culkin and his yeah. dad? You no, know, no, I'm saying no, uh that that Elijah Wood and his oh, dad. Oh. Like, why is there such a disconnect there? Maybe he travels a lot. I mean, well, yeah, apparently yeah, he does. He's only yeah. been doing small deals right. that aren't gonna secure. Leading them forever. up to the big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, that's like true. Maybe he's been to like, like Paris london not tokyo yet yeah final boss yeah he's been to like more like uh western japan (laughs) yeah like not as far over as tokyo but you're right (laughs) so yeah so there's that but i mean we get our kid there it is a gorgeous house i mean it's i know you're a big fan of of maine yeah um and i don't know if it was actually shot in maine or not but it's beautiful wherever it is yeah and, I mean uh, that house is I mean uh, right on the I guess that's on a sound I guess that would be yeah an isthmus 
we got into trouble the last time we tried to do like geographical terms. Did we? All right. I, th- I think All I got right. isthmus it's on wrong. the water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can swim. But yeah. Close. Like there are huge cliffs. It's a very uh, specific and seems remote, but then they're also just kind of like they seem close to town, also close to a highway to where they can walk there. Also close to the edge of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's a really weird location, and I don't I don't understand how it geographically fits. But I also don't know. But it's it. nice. I bet Maine is kind of cramped and weird and, you know, maybe they're just kind of making shit up as they went. Initially. Maybe they sort of picked it to sort of. Um, accentuate the point that he has been plucked out of where he was, which is nothing but desert and dryness. And now he's in a completely foreign territory that's surrounded by water. Maybe yeah. it's, it's and just snowy. They also went that he went from a desert to snow. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm guessing it was not really snowing when they filmed it. Probably. There's not. a lot. There's a good like crane shot of the house. And I'm like, Oh, weird. In Maine, the snow comes from the ground. Like it was yeah. like billowing up and from the side. <laughs> right. Um, well, here's I, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut to the chase about uh, another issue that I had with this movie. Um, it is shockingly for for any movie, it's less than an hour and a half long. It is, and however, being only an hour and twenty some minutes long, there's still these long stretches of like driving shots and landscape shots, yeah. and it's like if your movie is only and then a, the end feels kind of rushed. It does. And if your movie is that short to start with and you have all these establishing shots, is there really enough here for a full length movie? That's the question you have to ask yourself. The only thing that offsets that is Elijah Wood and Macaulay Culkin. That's that's they are carrying this fucker. Well, you have to wonder what else, because it doesn't seem like there have been issues with Macaulay Culkin. Like, has he did he just kill his brother and then do nothing until Elijah Wood showed up and now he's like oh cool now I can throw my body off the bridge because uh, he does the Tim's gonna go to the bathroom so I'm gonna vamp for a minute here because uh, yeah one of the bad things that he does is he's got a like a big dummy that he makes in his shed and it's called Mister Highway or something like that and he and Elijah Wood take it over and they're on an overpass above uh, this highway a one way highway. Because both lanes of traffic are going in the same way. They don't show the other lane. So I don't even know where that was. Um, And they throw this body over uh, the side. And it causes a, you know, like this camper turns over. Cars cannot stop in time. It's everyone just going full speed into each other. It's like six or seven cars are a, a mess. And they run away. There's a brief, very brief bit about it on the news about. Oh man, there was a seven car pile up and then that's never mentioned again. Like no one saw two kids cuz it's not like they're very obscured. The overpass is not very high up. Anyone driving up there could see two kids up there with another body. I would already be prepared to swerve or slow down like what's happening right there. Yeah. Um Tim's back. Uh so yeah that and so that's just like never brought up again like never like hey we're looking for two kids who maybe were up to some trouble but he's got all these like terrible things ready to go then he like introduces the well and like nothing happens at the well how did no one fall down that well right or nothing was discovered in the well right i kept thinking uh, uh, i'm agreeing with everything that you're saying there were so many things that are introduced that are that are never touched again and you're right 
I kept waiting for that. There's also this psychologist character. Yeah. That the family is, counselor that she's sort of, you know, she's introduced, she's given a couple of scenes, but you, you're at one point in the movie given to understand that Macaulay Culkin has literally laid all of everything out that he has done bad, but saying that it was Mark that Elijah Wood that did it. Yeah. But you were, I would at least was expecting immediately then for the authorities to be contacted to say like, okay, you were the kid that dropped the dummy off the bridge. And because this kid just ratted on you for everything that you've done. Yeah. But like, yeah, nothing ever comes of it. And, uh, and that it was like, cause no one died. They were like, ah, there were no injuries. So yeah. <laughs> oh, well, but you're right though about the, the, I was hearing, uh, as I was going to the bathroom about what you were saying about Macaulay Culkin's condition. And that is, Ah, maybe it's a little bit of a gray area, but if you had a psychopath as a child, like legitimately as a psychopath, um, maybe you would be a little distanced from them, like in general. And yeah. he, he does have that sort of quality that they say that so many psychopaths do or sociopaths that they, they can be charming. They know the right thing to say. They know how to make um, social interaction uh, easy and for people and, and uh, have them trust them and that sort of thing. I'm talking about Ted Bundy basically. Um, but in, in Macaulay Culkin's character does say the right thing at the, he thinks on his feet like crazy. Yeah. And he does a good job of it, but um, I guess they do an okay job of having his mom, not necessarily be suspicious with him, but she doesn't have a very, she seems to really like Mark Elijah Wood when she yeah. shows up. And it's like, Funny how she doesn't have the same warmth with her own child, but maybe somewhere subconsciously she does know that this kid's a little fucked up. Yeah. Well, I saw it as Elijah is the like replacement. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Baby. Okay. Right. Like, okay. Oh, now I have my third uh, one that yeah. I can love or whatever. Okay. Because okay. um, yeah, she's never really dismissive to, to the kids. Yeah. Like I viewed them as normal parents. Okay. Like, I mean, the dad is absent. He's just, he's just a non-character. Sure. But yeah, as the mom, um, yeah, I mean, she's obviously very preoccupied. She never, she doesn't want to change the, the, you know, the baby's room. She wants to keep all that the same. You know, she's still hanging on to stuff. Um, yeah, I w about her then, like suspecting. That's kind of where everything happens very fast. Um, but, but I did like it because he is, he plays the evil so well and the sweetness so well and he knows all the right things to say and it's not until his mom goes into his murder shed that she finds this you know duck that she had been looking for since the accident mm -hmm. you know and he's like well that's mine though like, yeah that's mine yeah and i think that's where when she hears that like i as a viewer know oh okay like that signifies like he's vengeful he's territorial He's possessive. Yeah. That thing was mine. It was trodden on by someone else or, you know, or given, taken away from him. Sure. And I'm sure, you know, he views that as that's what Elijah Wood's going to do with his mom. Uh, you know, eliminate the mom. Uh, I had a broader uh, thing and I started tangenting myself. Uh, what was I talking about right before that? What? Fart. <laughs> Um, well, it was it just about uh, the mom, uh, how she uh, came yeah. to it. Oh, oh, yeah. Um, well, and I was going to go into the sister stuff. Yeah. Because it gets so fucking dark. Yeah. And uncomfortable. Like it's I was 
uh, kind of shocked at how the scene affected me, affected people I watched it with. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, so we're kind of at the point where Elijah Wood's like, oh, he's not a good guy. I fear he's going to hurt his sisters. So he hears that they're out skating. And yeah, like Macaulay Culkin wings his sister onto the ice. She falls through and then he like goes and does this like where it looks like he's trying to help her, but to the crowd, you can only see his back and he's just like stone face. Yeah. Fucking four year old goes under the water and you're just like, I can't believe I'm watching this right now. Right. It feels, it feels so in place, but out of place. Um, Cause it's, I mean, it's just so harsh to watch. Uh, but it is like, if you're going to do a movie about a child who murders people, you kind of have to do that. Yeah. And, and it kind of, um, it, it's a ballsy choice because this was something that we touched on, uh, very briefly in the earlier episode, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but with those two combo movies that made the, the production company want to green light, this was silence of the lambs. And what was the other one? It was, it was kind of like, it was like they knew that that um, edgy thrillers worked, but they also knew that it was just Home Alone. Oh, just Home Alone. Okay, yeah. Home so Alone they know that. Okay, so they know a movie that features heavily features. So it's about kids and extreme yes. thrillers. Yes. That's what the thing was. Yeah. Although Silence of the Lambs didn't have kids, but extreme thrillers. Three, yeah. Ex- yeah. So they know people are that, ready to see shocking stuff. Right. Was essentially. But but and I'm 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 referencing that speaking to your point directly because the question is, okay, we're ready for extreme thrillers, we're ready for kids to carry a movie, but are we really ready to watch a little little girl drown in icy water with her boy with her brother like not helping? Her? Right. I mean that. Yeah, I'm and then the, you have adults come over and they're chopping with an axe the yeah. ice to get around. And I'm like, don't do that. Like, right. that, that makes me even more nervous now. It's very, very tense. Yeah. And I, I, I will say this. I was not that I don't mind being hardcore when it comes to film watching, but I was thrilled that that little girl lived <laughs> oh, and that sure. she was fine. I oh, mean, my that, God, man. I needed that to happen. Yeah. Um. You know, the, the, the pit bull being shot with the bolt, like, I'm not, I'm not thrilled with that, but I mean, like, I, I could handle it. Yeah. But that little girl dying would have been would have been a real, real issue. That's a, And the bolt, the dog shot, that's one of my favorite Macaulay Culkin moments because he it's all, the, the shot is just on them. Yeah. You see him tracking the dog. Like, first, you see the dog and then it cuts to them. So we only see Elijah and Macaulay. And you can tell he's now tracking the dog with the thing. Pulls that bolt. You just hear a whimper. Elijah's like, you shot that dog. And Macaulay Culkin's face never changes. Yeah. Never changes. It's just his aiming face. And then what comes out of his mouth without his expression changes is like, I didn't mean to. I was trying to hit around, you know, yeah, like this, like where you would expect the Elijah Wood doe eyes to come out like, oh, my God, I didn't mean to. Right. Just fucking stone cold. It's so good. Yeah, it's so good. It's almost as if he's like a sort of human Terminator, like he gets a screen of like proper responses to say in that situation. (laughs) And he says the response, but it's with no, no, like uh heart or anything or feeling behind it. No expression behind it. So well, facial expression. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, he's he's excellent. And maybe maybe I don't know. Well, okay. So Home Alone came out in what year? Uh, ninety two. I want to say. 
So this is right this on is the like t- right at, yeah because this was like he does Home Alone two he does the Good Son as well so like, it yeah, was like a package deal yeah I don't know who thought that was a good idea his um, dad well <laughs> right yeah other than his dad nineteen uh, ninety um, oh wow wow that was early but even still like the world is in love with Macaulay like I get like. I think it's a smart business move to step him away from the cutesy stuff, but I this might have been too big of a step. Uh, yeah, it was just too dark. Yeah, but he needs to do maybe like I, I I I don't even know, but yeah, I mean this character is so evil. Well, lack for lack of a better word, and I know they just kind of use it, and they, they, that's what they want you to be like. This kid is evil. And and that brings up what I think is probably the most interesting philosophical question about this movie. And and it was actually I'm gonna make it personal with you and I. Um, <laughs> you we were talking about we fight. We were talking about capital punishment one night. Uh huh. And I am for uh, the death penalty. Uh huh. You are at least historically not in favor of it. <laughs> not in favor of it. Okay. So. What you said, and you said it very sincerely, you said, you know, I was like, but what about these people that like do these horrible, horrible things to like children, you know, like this sexual torture and murder and blah, 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 and rape and all this sort of thing. And your response was, you know, the people that do these things are extremely sick individuals. Like it's, it's not like somebody who just decides to like, you know, uh, steal your lunch out of the work fridge or something like that. Right. Just do something sort of shitty. Yeah. Like these are people who are driving home. Like what I'm going to do, I'm going to kill a kid. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, so I've but, never done that before, but what, <laughs> right. Um, my therapist said I should try new things, uh, <laughs> but no, it's, uh, it's a funny question about this movie though, because we do get that weird ass ending. Yeah. Which let's let's just talk about because it plays into the the philosophy of the whole thing. Yeah, of like uh, punishment, evil, that sort of thing. So yeah. eventually, w- without giving too much exposition, um, Macaulay Culkin has now decided to kill his mother, and they're on this rocky cliff area where she normally goes to contemplate her her dead child, and uh, so she has been pushed off the cliff. Uh, uh, Elijah Wood's character has now entered the the scene. He's fighting with Macaulay. Meanwhile, mother is is trying to work her way back up the cliff, which she's doing. And then the boys kind of topple off the side just as she runs up now and grabs them. And she's holding yeah. on to both. Okay. She's holding on one with each hand. Right. So here is, is this the moral question that this movie is really trying to give an answer to, which is, the mother at this point very clearly believes and has for all intents and purposes been told by himself that Macaulay Culkin murdered his brother. Right. Okay. So she knows this now she knows it. Um, and she's holding them both up. So she has to make a decision between two people. Yeah. And she knows that the decision to let go to either one of them will be death. Right. So this is her decision to say, because this one did this evil thing, he deserves death more than the other. Right. Which I guess makes sense. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but, but now you know what the I mean? caveat of that being is that is her birth son. And I do not believe because she's only just started to suspect this. Right. This is like brand new information. Right. That day. Yeah. So no way. Is she like, well, I have come to the foregone conclusion that, yes, my child, in a fit of jealousy, 
drowned my baby. Therefore, I do not want to be his mother anymore. I will save my nephew that I've known for 10 days. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, no, it's... It, it I is, think she would, if anything, she would do her best to pull both of them up. Whoever slips? Yeah. Uh, okay. I do not think she would be like, I'm going to make this conscious decision. Right. To let my cousin, but man. Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, you cheered. I laughed because it yeah. was nuts. Yeah. Just seeing, <laughs> just hearing him go, ah, it's such yeah, a right. great fall. And fuck yeah, dude. Like they show him just smashed on those rocks and he gets swept out to sea. They need to do a split screen of him like screaming and flailing through the air with him putting on the aftershave. <laughs> the, the, the Kevin scream. Yeah, that would be perfect. Um, yeah, it's it's messed up. I mean, I'll and tell then, you. I, and then this movie ends in even a weirder way because like that's the end. There are, what, 45 seconds left in this movie? Yeah. And all it is is now it cuts back. Elijah Wood's back in Arizona. He's kind of standing there and we have a voiceover and it's essentially like, I think about Susan sometimes. I hope she's okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? But it's um, but the, it's so... It's, that was crazy. That was two weeks I stayed at my uncle's house. But it's so, like, worded in such an adult way yeah, that it almost feels... Like a, it feels like an adult reading one of his own writings on a book tour. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally what it feels like yes. and uh it's so bizarre yeah and then he's just and so and, and by the way just piggybacking on like okay a, a young child dies and then we just let our, our kids have a murder shed this kid has been through the hell that he's been through and we're just letting him stand out in the mountains by himself with no one around right. i mean that doesn't make sense but let me ask you this question because this is fun Okay, we're talking about the ending. So we know what happens. You know, Macaulay Culkin screams and falls and blasts on the rock. That's fine. So the question is, does the mom then, and we're just writing this ourselves. If if we're assuming that this movie, you know, these characters' lives go on after the last frame of this movie, what do you think the mom does? You think she goes to the, her husband and says, like, oh, by the way. Uh, yeah, her husband's like, what happened today? You're right. <laughs> Oh, crazy story. Yeah. Turns out Mark murdered our baby. Right. So I threw him off a cliff. Right. So I here's what and I the th- dad goes. Makes sense. Yeah. Right. Mark, your dad. Or No, I'm sorry. I'm getting. See. All right. No. Elijah's Mark. Yeah. Henry. Henry. I threw Henry off a yeah. cliff. Mark, your dad is here. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Later. Yeah. Um, yes. It's it's bizarre. So here's what I think probably happened. I think that I could see his mom. Maybe stating that Henry had killed uh, his brother. I think that maybe if she was talking about what happened at the cliff, that she would say that she was holding on to both boys and Henry slipped. Right. She's going to um, lie to her husband. Yeah, she's not going to say that she made the conscious decision to let him go versus pull. Well, yeah. She had to pull one. She'll probably leave that part out. But I guess what my my real question was is, do you do you think that she even went to like the I mean, it's a, a cult. I mean, it's a done deal now. But do you think that she ever like went to the police and said like, like posthumously, like my son killed my other son? Right. Like, yeah. Did she tell anybody that? Like, I, that's a great did question. She tell Mark. And then they would be that? like, 
Did she? T- what happened? Where is your son? We'd love to question him. Oh, he fell off a cliff. Right. Or what the fuck? When when uh, when Mark's dad does come back from Tokyo, right? Like, what did they tell him? Right. Like, because you know what Mark's gonna say? He's gonna say Henry's a psychopath, and he was gonna kill everybody and do all these bad things. Um, and what is the mom just going to be quiet? Like she's going to have to agree with him yeah, and come clean. So I, I guess what I'm saying is I, I like thinking that the ultimate, whole this whole, this game, whole movie is like the, the untold story at the beginning of like a Beckett play like that, that, that family dynamic now right. is like, will be one of the great American playwrights tackles that like, yes, <laughs> where it, it turns out like, yeah, we had a child and he killed our baby. So we killed him. Right, right. <laughs> it's a great setup. Yeah. Thing. yeah. Not that we need the good son, you know, part two, but um I don't know. I would love to watch that movie. Like how does how does that family dynamic deal now? They've got the one daughter. How much do they neglect her? Right. How, how how does that marriage survive? Like even if if your wife even accidentally lets your child slip off of a cliff, like how do you forgive that? There's got to be a part of you that resents that forever. Sure. Sure. Even, you know, she's like, well, no, no, he murdered our baby. Like, what proof do you have? Right. Well, he, t- I kind of figured yeah. it out because he stole the rubber duck. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's what you had? Kids say the darndest things. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I right. try to push her off a clip. That, the, yeah. That's pretty bad. Yeah. She could tell at that point. Yes. But still. If I'm hearing that story, I'm like, are you sure that's what happened? Right. Because you're talking insanity now. You're jumping right. to a lot of conclusions. It's going to be hard for me to like buy. Well, yeah, the dad is happened. probably like, when do I get to kill somebody? Right. <laughs> like, everybody's killing everybody but me. Um, but yeah, that's you're right. The the aftermath, it's it's not it's not tied up very well. Um, I mean, I'm okay with that downbeat ending and everything, but but I I would have thought that there would have been a bit more resolution to something. Yeah. Um, and again, it, it all circles around to the question of, you know, is there enough here to make a movie? I, I'm going to shockingly say that there is, I do believe that there is a good movie in here. Yeah. It's just somebody needed to, somebody needed to realize that a few of these characters need to have a little bit more focus, a little bit more development. And um, even if you have, because the good son itself as a title, a I, I feel like people aren't like this is a bad seed remake. Yeah, which it just is to me, especially with the title just kind of being a flip. The good son, sure, bad good, um, and you're just adding another child to it. Like it's from their perspective instead, because it's the mom essentially who's kind of it's from her perspective essentially, yeah. figuring out what's up with her daughter. Here's just another kid figuring out what's up with this cousin. Uh, God damn it, man. I'm losing the track of my track of thought so much. Um, but yeah, there's a good movie here. Uh, it, it, it just seemed a lot of wrong place, wrong time. Oh, I, I know what I was going to say. Have, you know, at least I, I know they're trying to be like, well, you know, Macaulay Culkin's the good son, but really Elijah Wood ends up being the good son. Yeah. Uh, it's okay to be like, yeah, he's experienced some trauma due to this death. Where he's acted out a little bit, but maybe they don't know the depth of it. And like he's showing Elijah Wood that. But it's just kind of this like, you know, there's no suspicion um, about him. And then they're just like, oh, wow, oh, our kid is a murderer. Sure. Well, and that and that kind of brings up a point that we were talking about in um, 
the the I I can't remember which episode. It was a recent episode, but uh, it was Maniac. I had kind of posed the question of, are, is anybody going to make a movie anymore with a bad guy who's just inherently bad? Like, there's no reason for him yeah. to be bad, an excuse for him to be bad. But uh, this movie's that. I this mean, is that. This this is implying that there is that you can just be born bad. Like, yeah, you can be. This born- is a total like on the character creation. Empathy got a zero. Like, <laughs> boom. Right. Yeah. Uh, and he even says he's like, I don't feel bad when the, when things happen, right? Well, and, but it doesn't like, and even in that point, he's not trying to cover it up. He's just like, yeah, that's just like that's normal, right? Or that line where he just flat out says like, "Don't fuck with me." That's a great, it's such line. a cute such line a to see line. Macaulay Culkin say, and he delivers it perfectly. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's uh, I. I know that sometimes we struggle a little bit with our recommends on this. Um, oh, I don't usually. I just re- usually recommend everything. But <laughs> I, I am going to in a in a true definition of recommend or not recommend. Um, I am not going to recommend this movie. No, I, I. It's not to say that I didn't love the the performances by the the, the two kids, um, Macaulay and Elijah. But I, I just, I just wouldn't feel like somebody had to see this movie. Right. I haven't seen it. I was excited to see it. I'm not mad that I saw it, but I don't, um, I wouldn't encourage somebody to spend an hour and a half of their time that they, there's so many other movies that I would pick. Yeah. Yeah. I don't recommend it either. Is this a a double non recommend? It is. Have we had that Hellraiser? Maybe burning. Yeah. Maybe (laughs) the burning. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, and it's, yeah, it's one of those loose not recommends because I did enjoy those, those two kids so much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's like, it's disappointing and also disturbing. Uh, just things aren't paced well. The whole shit with the, like him killing, trying to kill his sister is just, it's just unsettling and like, well, the other thing else to watch, the other feels like I said, out of place, but to- it totally fits. The other thing about this movie that is to, to its detriment is this movie has no style. No. This, the only style is like Macaulay Culkin's like creepiness. Like, I mean, that's that's the only thing that gives it flavor. But like they don't they don't like lean into the tone. Yeah. The setting is like, I guess it's like Elijah Woods in a different setting, but there's nothing about that setting that lends itself yeah other than i need a cliff right but like snowy new england like being plucked out of the desert right it's like I, it didn't matter it could have been you know at the fucking dunes right and they, she gets pushed off of a, a beach house right or something you know or even if like i mean uh, uh, usually a movie is going to try and pick up its own pace and momentum like three quarters of the way through. And you're going to get maybe more urgent music. Maybe your camera work is going to get a little bit more aggressive and, and they're going to instill some more style to kind of like really punch it up. But this movie is kind of vanilla mm-hmm. despite, which is a weird thing to say about a little girl trapped under some ice and some guys hacking away on it with an ax, but it, it, it it's kind of like it just like a, it's, it's, executed in a very vanilla fashion oh and not to mention he shows up at the hospital to then suffocate her right and is caught by his mom like i'm like thank god i don't know if i can watch this fucking child struggle as macaulay culkin right oh yeah no it is like it's 
you know, if it hadn't been so close to Home Alone, because all of his other parts, or at least his big speaking parts, because he was in Jacob's Ladder, he died in that. We just got to do My Girl, and we cover all the movies where Macaulay Culkin <laughs> dies. Yes. Um, but, like, he, he, I don't know. I don't know. What I was gonna say. If anything, they could have just, I mean, if you're not going to do it with any sort of style, if you're not going to put any like sinister flavor or something cool in there or make it neat, then I, shit, just give me more McCullough. Give me a fucking monologue. Give me, give me something from like, I mean, we get that little bit where he talks about his brother, like how he looked at him after we now know killed him. Yeah. And when they're sort of walking around the well, I kind of like that. Um, the sort of tension of them like walking in circles above a oh, deep yeah. well. And when he goes, tense. when he shakes his hand, yeah, yeah, above we all the well. wondered about that, yeah. right? But um, so I Chekhov's mean, well, yeah. I mean, he throws something in it, but it's yeah. like okay, yeah, because not you, not a clue or anything. It's like more out of anger. Yeah, I know what you're saying. You were exp- there is like zero. <laughs> We have never covered a movie like that that was more crime based than it was just like a masked slasher. Yeah. That has such an absence of police procedural. <laughs> right. There is no like law enforcement presence at all. No, yeah. And it's that, that we're all no one's gonna be like, hey, someone killed a dog and it, we pulled a giant steel bolt out of it. Like this is not an accident. Right. You never hear about that dog. And it's like appears to be a feature of this dock yeah that is out that everyone can see right right but and again i keep going back to the psychologist if if henry in fact macaulay culkin did spill the beans and try and implicate mark and all these things the fucking cops would be there in 15 minutes yeah saying you dropped the this body off the bridge and you did this and you did that but like it's kind of like nothing ever happens yeah so yeah, it's got some plausibility issues. Um, it's <laughs> so and you know what? I I mean, I, who would have thought we would have said this at the end of the day? But kudos to uh, uh, Kit Culkin for giving this movie what would have been really the only interesting part of it. I mean, aside from Elijah's performance, yeah. But I mean, yeah. Otherwise, what what do we have here? Yeah, we, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. If anything good came out of it. It was at least seeing Macaulay Culkin could do something other than a uh, precocious kid. Uh, and Elijah Wood uh, could carry a leading yeah. role. And the, but and so just one more quick thing uh, as we're gushing about Macaulay, like what really happened there? I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm sure the kid, by the time he was 10 years old, had had enough of Hollywood for a lifetime, but yeah, he just retired. It, it was that it. He yeah. just that. I mean, was I mean, it also sh- like, I can't get roles anymore. Right. I can retire. Yeah. But I think he's okay with it. He and showed he up in a couple st- art movies here and there. Uh, like, yeah. Yeah. But I don't think he's been on screen in like at least a decade. Yeah. The last thing that I think I saw him in was There's just no way to find out for sure. I, th- I think I think I saw him in the movie about the club kids where the, the one guy murdered. It was a true story. Yeah. Um, uh, it was like, oh, fuck, I can't remember the name of it, but it was like club kids in New York. Um, and it was a, a murder thing, but, um, but yeah, so, but then again, I mean, I guess he's probably got money and maybe he, he did that band for a while, right? He was yeah. In a band. Yeah. They usually do that. Um, yeah, he did. I think his last movie was part that movie party monster. Yeah. Holy uh, shit. Was that really? Yeah. And I like that movie. Um, cause he did. You... And, and before that, it looks like he was in Richie rich. Cause oh yeah, he did the page master. 
getting even with that, he did some bad movies here. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. Getting it, even dad with Ted Danson. Sorry, Ted, you'll never be a movie star. You're just destined to like be the best part of every television show you're on. Yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Page Master, Richie Rich, and then a Party Monster, and like nothing. I have seen him on. Um, there's like a YouTube channel. These guys out of Wisconsin, Red Letter Media. He does stuff with them. Uh huh. So I don't know if he like lives in Wisconsin now. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but he's like kind of a part of their crew yeah oh yeah pizza underground that was his band name oh i remember too didn't he get married really young remember that he like married a girl when he was like 17 or something like that or 18 or uh, something um yeah maybe but maybe that's just what he did like maybe he just had enough you know of toiling away in the business as a as a kid and just dropped out for it and enjoyed his life for the rest of the time that's fine he dated Mila Kunis for a while. Yeah, he did. But yeah, I don't know if he's uh, married or if he yeah. was married. Oh, he did. Rachel Minor when they were eighteen. Yeah, yeah, that, that's right. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. But um. But yeah. So yeah. But, he definitely. You know. He probably had some issues. Probably a combination of issues. When he got older, he kind of looked weird. Like yeah. he already looked weird as a kid, but it worked as a kid. Yeah. Uh. Didn't doesn't really work as an no, adult. No. Didn't yeah. grow into his looks very well but, but here's I, what he I has will, a good attitude about it and he probably has bank yeah but here's my here's my curiosity though is that that's all fine and good and and god bless him if he just wants to go and and live his life and all that stuff but because there was that talent there as a kid i i don't know i would like to see him do a, try a couple more things yeah just let's see if that i mean if he didn't grow up to be like the, the same level of of a physical appearance that you want to stare at the way we did when, when he was a little kid, fine and dandy, but let's, let's get some of that talent in yeah, the movie some somewhere. character work or something. Yeah. yeah. He's a talented actor. Yeah. You don't have to lead a movie. Right. Yeah. I'd like to see that. If he's listening, <laughs> we'll do the next, uh, mini series. All of the Macaulay Culkin yeah. horror movies. Macaulay, me. We'll have you on our podcast. <laughs> oh God. You're so good with those. <laughs> really? God damn. That was instant. Perfect. Thanks. It's a, you know, it's a skill that's uh, netted me millions. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Gene Siskel. It's not okay for anyone. I'm not going to say that I agree with him because I will never say that, but uh, it's the the least mad I've ever been at Gene Siskel. You know what movie they also, oh no, what he didn't like, and then Roger kind of dressed him down for it. It was another review I was watching. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh my God. You want to know one of his criticisms? Why weren't they, like, when they go to that game at Wrigley, why weren't they sitting out in the bleachers where the kids like to sit? Oh, and, and Ebert was just like, you know, Gene, it's kind of like uh, they say, like, don't bring artists to your art. Like, I feel like you're not seeing the forest through the trees here. <laughs> like, who gives a shit where they were sitting at the ball right. game? Like, he's a very charming guy. He's uh, the whole point is him helping his friend out of like his doldrums. And like, what are you not getting? You're a fucking terrible person, Gene. He is. <laughs> Fuck you, Gene Siskel. Yeah, right. I know. If I was holding, I mean, one of them would be a little heavier than the other. But if I was holding Ebert and Siskel by <laughs> in each hand off a cliff. Someone come help me with Ebert. <laughs> right. Weren't you holding Siskel, too? No, I don't think. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I was. But he didn't like how I was holding him. <laughs> hey, right. Exactly. OK. All right. That was the good son. Uh, join us next week as we uh, 
wrap up elijah would you please come on our podcast it's from 2019 come to daddy i know nothing about this i I know zero about it yeah i'm to the point where i'm like are we gonna watch this and be like this is not horror at all if it's not that wouldn't be the first time we did it but it looks bloody so good enough for me it's at very least a thriller so we've been able to parlay that into horror enough times with that yeah yeah, maybe we'll just change our name or something. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, okay, so yeah, please check out our website, slumberpodcastmassacre.com. Uh, shoot us an email, slumberpodcast at gmail.com. Huge thank to our patrons. You help make this possible. Uh, please feel free. Shoot us a review or a rating wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Tim, do you have anything else to say about The Good Son? You know, funny enough, um, I don't think I do. Oh, you know what? Let's try something fun for one second because we haven't done a million years. Okay. Does this movie pass the Bechtel Wallace test? Oh, <laughs> remember uh, we used to do that. Yeah, that's right. Um, it would have hmm. been the. It would. I'm gonna say probably not. It, if anything, it would be the mom and the daughter. Yeah, they never do. Probably. Yeah, no, I no. don't think so. Maybe yeah. like you wanted blueberry pancakes or something Every, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Which is so enough. a loose. Uh, yeah just another yeah like i needed to think of another bad you know yeah. quality but but elijah uh, we love right. i mean you yeah. were great also no pearl clutching in this movie except for the, the little girl scene yes we go like no pearl clutching uh five five pearls yeah you start axing downward towards a female child under five and that's <laughs> pearls by the dozen yeah all right well we'll see you under the ice tim bye bye